0: Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Mm. Lovely to be with you again. Hello, Sarah. How are you going?
1: Kevin, I'm very excited. About what? By this week's guest, quite apart from the fact, you know, we're getting to the pointy end of the AFL, you know, footy
0: season. Footy, yep, footy finals.
1: But also our guest is a uh, is a Gippsland boy, and I love anyone who comes from Gippsland.
0: Hayfield's finest.
1: Yes, apparently <laughs> Hayfield is the uh, the capital for great sausages, great pies, and I guess great jelly slice. Depending
0: and where you go, pretty good footballers too. Lee Brown yes. is who we're talking about, uh, Collingwood Premiership player in that uh, uh, very memorable drawn grand final, yes. and then of course the replay uh, when. Uh, They're probably lucky to get through Collingwood. Uh, The ball bounces, you know, a a foot the other way and St Mm -hmm. Gilda win, but... They get the replay and they win the replay handsomely. And uh, Lee Brown's a Collingwood Premiership player.
1: We've discussed many things with Lee in this podcast, everything from his football playing days to what he's doing right now. And you might be surprised at uh, some of the roles and activities he holds down, and also his uh, capability in the kitchen. He is—he uh, knows his way around the
0: kitchen. <laughs> Lee's listening to this now, <laughs> thinking, "Geez, I must have been impressive." <laughs> Brownie's thinking, doing himself, "Geez, I must have." Do you done think done I'm good, talking you know? it up just a bit? <laughs> <laughs> Just lower your expectations, everybody. Okay, <laughs> there we go. All right, uh, and also our food poll is oh. a beauty. It, it is such a throwback to a days gone by. Oh
1: yeah, it's very retro, and I think we were due for a sweet one. So we've put <laughs> we yep. put the cool mints up against the cool fruits.
0: And various other cool things too that have bobbed up uh, as you'll as you'll find out. But enjoy it. Lee Brown, Collingwood premiership player. There may be more of them on the mm-hmm. way before the uh, end of September. Who knows? But let's talk to uh, one from 2010. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Uh, welcome to the program. <laughs>
2: Thanks for having me. I'm uh, a little bit excited, a little bit nervous. I'm not sure what you've got in store oh, for Oh, a
1: little bit of both because we know we've got a pretty good idea of what your um, your skills are like on the footy field. But how do you shape up in the kitchen, Lee? Uh,
2: I'm not too bad in the kitchen. Uh, I, I won't say I'm absolutely gourmet. I'm, I'm very much meat and three veg. But um, yeah, I've got a couple of little recipes that um, are my go-tos and have held me in really good stead. Uh, while I was playing and, and afterwards, but um yeah, moving away from home early certainly um, made me pick up my cooking skills um much quicker <laughs> than some
1: so what are your two go to recipes
2: uh meatballs, which i have picked up from um from grandma they're they're pretty simple uh, the porcupine meatballs so um, yeah with a little bit of pasta, so a good um, carb hit before before playing um. So, yeah, nice and easy. take about an hour um all up um if you can let them sit for a little bit the the sauce really thickens up, which I really enjoy so um yeah they they pr- that's probably my my go to in terms of you know a, a pre game and then I do a risotto, but it's a, a bit of a cheat risotto. I do it in the rice cooker it comes out really well um chicken and, and vegetable based but not a traditional risotto if you like, but um. Very, very close.
1: I love that. And both those dishes incorporate rice. Don't the porcupine meatballs have rice in them too?
2: Yeah, a little bit of rice. So uh, it's, a, yeah, it's a big, it's a big um, carb hit, isn't it, with the rice and a little bit of pasta on top. But, uh, yeah, it's both pretty simple. Um, I don't like to spend too much time in the kitchen, although uh, in, in my current role, I'm managing a retirement village and I look after morning teas and afternoon teas from time to time, and mm. yeah, my morning teas they're getting bigger and bigger, and I, I need to put a ceiling on myself because <laughs> I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to go a little bit too far.
1: Hang on, what are you having for morning teas that you break Here out the Arnotts family go. assorted or or what kind of stuff?
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Mum mum helps out a fair bit. So mum does a, a very good jelly slice. I learned very oh, early in my role that jelly slice is the absolute must for the, uh, the older citizens of the village. So they absolutely love it. They know it comes from mum. I've tried to convince them that I've cooked it, but uh, they, they know better than that. Yeah, there's normally two or three slices, uh, a big fruit platter, um, some sandwiches on offer and normally just some little cases that um, are put together. So all in all, normally we, we do a, a bit of a welcome morning tea, if you like, and for the new residents when they move in and um, they come in and normally they've had breakfast and that's the last time I have breakfast before one of my morning teas.
0: <laughs> so the minister in charge of morning teas, there's no scones and uh, you're not going down that track, are you?
2: No, I haven't, I haven't gone down the, the scone path yet. Um, yeah, you know, when when we have we normally have a, a biggest morning too, where the, the whole village chips in, and and that's where um, the real good stuff comes out. As as you can imagine, when you, your average age of the village is around seventy, seventy, seventy-one, um, you can imagine the skills that they've acquired and and what they can put together. And there's some amazing scones. There's one lady who's in her mid-nineties. I won't give away her complete age, but if she doesn't make the best pavlova in Victoria, I'll go here. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, my goodness. This almost sounds a bit like high tea at the uh, the Windsor, yeah. the way you're describing it.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll have to start charging for the, uh, the people get <laughs> Gitsland to come in.
1: <laughs> now, when you have a coffee morning, well, you've obviously got to have coffee or tea. Are you a coffee drinker?
2: I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not at all. So, uh, I very rarely have a, a warm drink or a hot drink. Um, hot chocolate would be my go-to, if anything. Otherwise, I'm a, I'm a milkshake or a smoothie man, so... Yeah, I've I've never really got into the uh, into the coffee, but in saying that, after a, a couple of quiet beverages at night, I'm I'm a little bit um, I can be swayed to a uh, espresso martini. It's probably as, as coffee or as I get.
1: I'm a bit surprised by that because through the course of doing this podcast, Lee, we've we've learnt that um, football players in general um, they have their little uh, latte set and they love uh, sitting around having a uh, coffee. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, there's there's, there's groups, they, they break away and they go off on their little little jaunts to uh, to find uh, the best coffee. Or if they find one, they they don't leave that cafe and they're there before training. They're they're there anytime you get a break and they're there after training. So yes, I'm very much in the minority. There's not many of us that don't drink coffee, but um yeah, it, the footy boys they love their coffee, particularly okay. in the morning on the way to training. Okay. A little perk me up. But, uh, yeah, I, I've never. It's the the smell of the coffee or, you know, that just puts me off a little bit. And, right. and I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I don't really enjoy, you know, the hot drinks and, and I don't overly enjoy my food very hot either. So, um, yeah, maybe it comes from that. All fussy. Right. I'm fussy. That's why. Well, so
0: it's wet and You're six foot, you know, six foot four or thereabouts, 100Ks in your playing days. So, are you a big eater? Were you a big eater in your playing days? And no, are you a big eater now where you had to kind of scale that back a bit
2: uh, we, we can be honest here, you Kev or we can, we can just make something <laughs> up that sounds good but no I enjoy my food and, and if you ask any of my teammates um, I, I don't think they're allowed to call it any this anymore but I was certainly in the fat club so you know, when your skin folds are up you know around the 50s so I uh, will certainly in that group most of the time when I played and um, you know there's A couple of group messages or groups that we have going uh, from teams that I've played in and particularly one at Collingwood where there's a few um, jibes thrown my way and particularly when we catch up to make sure there's enough food on the table and those sorts of things. But um, I'm reasonable, I think, in terms of what I eat. Sometimes... Yeah, I, I could eat better, <clears throat> if that makes sense. What's your, gu- um, what's your, little... what's your guilty pleasure? Oh. What What
0: is it that you that you shouldn't eat that you do eat and you love?
1: <laughs> morning tea? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if, yeah, morning tea. I try,
2: and, I try and steer clear of those and just make them. But um, uh, a hayfield sausage, Kev, I, I think they're the best sausages going around. Oh. So any time I get back home, uh, I make sure I get a little little tray of sausages or uh or mum can make some up for me but um i just think they're the absolute best and the other thing i'm really partial to is a meat pie oh. so very traditional australian things but um yeah there's a couple of nice bakeries getting around in Gippsland, and um it was something i enjoyed in in my previous role as, as a big country um coach where i got around the the space a fair bit it was was trying to find the best pie, and um, <laughs> uh, Gippsland
1: stacks up pretty well. Oh, I know. I'm a Gippsland girl myself. It's a it's a great place to grow up. Lots of lovely fresh produce. Lot of cheese down my way. But uh, but Hayfield, tell us about your uh, your growing up in Hayfield, and what kind of um, food was on the table. Uh, well, yeah. We'll,
2: well, Mum was off the farm, and, and Dad used to work up the bush. So. Um, yeah, our food was, was pretty much meat and three veg. Mum's um, a very good cook, and you know she'd she'd branch out branch out with lots of little things, particularly her slices and sweets and cakes. And um, I think she got that from Grandma. Um, but in terms of you know the, the special things that we look forward to, where she does a very good roast, um, and you know I look forward to, to getting a home cooked roast um, when I can sneak home, and mm-hmm. and uh, she's cooking one of those. And a, a pasty and, a, um, and sausage rolls, the homemade pasties and sausage rolls are something that, that we look forward to as kids, and you could smell them coming through the house as you, you got home from footy training or cricket training or you know, school or those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, and you, you still get those sensations, I guess, when you, you smell those, those foods as you walk in the door. It brings back those memories from, from your childhood. Yeah, no, beautiful memories. Did the
0: dietitians have fun with you in your playing days?
2: Oh, I tried to steer clear of them as much as I could. I knew what they were going to say. Um, yeah, they, they did have some fun. And um, in the end, yeah, there's a bit of genetics in there. And, uh, you know, I could have eaten a little bit better. But I, I enjoyed you know, what I did and I enjoyed what I ate. Um, I'm, I'm not a massive drinker, so I didn't have to worry about that. Um so, yeah, they did have a little bit of fun. It was always the challenge, you know, making sure those skin folds were at a reasonable level when you come back from off-season. Is, so, um, is that
0: overrated, Brownie? Is that something that, uh, you, you know, uh, you play 246 games. I mean, you're a premiership player with the Collingwood Footy Club. It's not like you're a mug. Um, mm. are, are those kind of things a little bit overrated, a little bit regimented in, in the modern-day game, do you think?
2: Um. I, I think we've come a long way in terms of what's best for the individual. So, um, you know, you, you talk about my career, but one one thing that I'm really proud of, if you like, or, or one thing that, that went really well in my favour, touch wood, is I didn't get many injuries. Um, so I looked after my body. Um, I gave it the right fuel that it needed at the time um, and all those sorts of things. But, yeah, I, I think... Individuals, and there was times where, you know, particularly pre-season when you're coming back and those sorts of things, early days when, you know, it's all very new and um, you're trying to learn, you know, what your body does and what it takes to to be consistent and all those sorts of things. So it probably takes three or four years in the system to to down your routine and, um, yeah. But I think we've we've become more individualised and, and finding out what works for that that individual player or athlete. Um, more often than actually, you know, everyone has to be under this certain mark. Everyone has to hit this marker. So, uh, I think we're evolving slowly.
1: Do you miss the the playing days, Lee?
2: No, not not in terms of AFL forty. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, the only time, and this will sound funny, like Friday night when were, uh, the Melbourne and the Brisbane boys were wrestling. I, I miss the physicality part of it. I miss the confrontation part. I miss the combative part. Um, in terms of, you know, the the day to day stuff, oh, i was still ticking that off after I retired as a coach and being around a footy club. So, you know, I, I still got that part, you know, to to appease me, if you like. But, um, yeah, recently I've I've gone back to Hayfield and you know, I've just announced that I'm going to coach there in 2023, which you know I'm really excited about and giving back to to the home club that's done so much to me. So, I still get a little bit, you know, of that that footy environment, but I don't miss playing and, you know, being in the meetings and the training every day and all those sorts of things. And, you know, I've managed to, to keep myself busy and, and find things that I enjoy outside that. And, um, you know, and, and COVID probably took that a step further to say, you know, footy doesn't have to be you know, a part of your life every single day.
1: Yeah, I think it, it really um, made us all think, didn't it? The whole uh, COVID experience about uh, what's precious about life, and, and gives quite a bit of perspective, doesn't it? An experience like that.
2: Yeah, it does, it, and it just I guess it shows that there's other things to do, particularly on a weekend. Um, albeit, you know, we'll lock down for most of that time, but you know, no footy on the weekend because that didn't come back as quick as you know getting your freedom, but you know you can spend more time with your family you can do more things you can play golf um, you know get back on your bike you know all those sorts of things and you know, footy had been a, a big part of my life for a, a very long time pretty much since 11 when I started 10 or 11 when I started you know you're training two three nights a week as a junior and then you move into that professional system where it's every day um, you know and then it. 38, 39, for it to completely stop. It, it was a big change, but one that probably showed that you, know, you, you can survive without the thing that's been a, a big part of your life for a very, very long time. Mm.
1: Now, this is going to sound probably a bit like an exam question. I don't know why I'm going to Uh-oh. ask this, but <laughs> um, is it true to say, do you think you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy?
2: Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. You know, you talk about the environments that I've been in, so footy clubs, um, there's always this metropolitan versus country um, rivalry, if you like. It's certainly there from a young age and it's still there. It's still there now for me. Um, Mm. You know, there's things that, you know, I've got great mates who live in the city and come from the city and all those sorts of things, but, you know, there's still that rivalry and, you know, you're still and give them a little bit of crap for things here and there. And, you know, and there's certain things in the country that I'm sure they would enjoy as well. But, yeah, I I love getting back to the country. I love a little fire, so whether that's a fire pit or (laughs) – I I reckon I can sniff out a bonfire from about 50 50 kilometres away. So um, I I, I love getting back and doing that, getting up the bush with Dad and, you know, getting some wood and – yeah, you know, just have a out on, on the top of a mountain or, you know, those sorts of things where you're, you're back in just the environment that you grew up in. And it's simple. Um And most of the time when, you know, particularly you're up in some of the mountains and, and hills, you know, your, your phone reception's pretty minimal or none. So that very, very rarely happens these days. So you can just enjoy the place and the peace um and the environment that you're in for what it is.
0: Yeah. Collingwood Premiership player. There might be 20-odd blokes added to that list, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, how does that sit with you these days? Is that uh, When you think about, you know,
2: Lee Brown, Collingwood
0: Premiership player, how does that feel?
2: Well, I get reminded by you every week when we do the radio. Um, Come on, Kevin. Apart, apart from that, I don't think about it too much. Um, you know, life's busy with work and, you know, helping out with footy and those sorts of things, but... Um, yeah, there's every now and then you you sit back and you're reminded, or you know one of your mates or someone you bump into um, it brings it up, and you know it takes you back to a special place. And you know, I look forward to our reunions and catching up with those guys. And um, you know we've obviously got a special relationship and bond that that, that group had from that day. And you know, I'm looking forward to the one we've got this year. We normally have it later in the year, and in sort of that late November, early December period and um, try and get as many of the guys here as we can and we haven't been able to have one for a couple of years so um, I think we had our first one after five years and we said, well, why would we wait another five years? Let's try and do this each year as we go forward and you know, COVID obviously put a little depth on that but um, yeah, it, it shows, I guess, uh, a reward for a, a lot of work over many, many years. Um, I think I was at the right place at the right time, I was lucky, um, you know, I walked into Collingwood and uh, had a meeting with Mick Mouldhouse and, and Jeff Walsh and there was a gap in their list that, you know, I fitted perfectly into in terms of age, um, height, experience, those sorts of things and, you know, it was, it was there to, to grab if, if I could grab it. So uh, I worked hard for a couple of weeks and um, in, in front of their eyes um, and the rest is history, I guess, and, yeah. and took that opportunity. But I was certainly more consistent at Collingwood. Um, I, I think my role was more defined at, at Collingwood. I wasn't thrown around as much. And um, I think it, it sits better with me that I was playing good footy. Uh, I was contributing to the team. I was playing a, a good role that I enjoyed and and it suited the team and the makeup that we had. and Um, I think that makes being part of that premiership team um, a lot more comfortable for me because I I wasn't a superstar and there's some absolute champions in that team that have played and and are still playing in pendles and still side bottom and um, I'm just very grateful to be amongst that group.
1: Hey um, Lee, if you were going to make up a big batch of porcupine meatballs and a bit of um, risotto on the side and you could invite anyone round... To your place to share dinner with you, dead or alive, who um who'd be on your guest list?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? I've I'm, I'll probably go a little bit different to some. I think um I'd love to sit down with Michael Shoemaker and just to see what he's been up to and where he's at physically and mentally, yeah. um and hear the stories and the trauma and. Um, everything that he's been through, uh, I think he would be one that would, you know, absolutely captivate the table. Mm-hmm. Um, in ter- I-, I think everyone picks a basketballer, and mm-hmm. and I was um, the one that absolutely in- enthralls me is Shaq, and I know he's coming out to Australia really soon. But he- he's played with some absolute champions. But I love what he does off off the court. Like, he's-, he's just so generous and giving, and um, for the big, massive man that he is. Um, I, I think I'd have to whip up probably a triple batch of meatballs. But um <laughs> I I think he would have some great stories on on the champions. Um he'd have some great stories on himself and I think he'd be really happy to share them. And I, I think he would be able to teach us a lot of, about um generosity and giving and and being a, a kind hearted soul. So he he's another one I'd have. Um I think in terms of it, I think you've got to have another Australian at the table. So, for me, it'd be between Shane Warne and probably Steve Irwin, both yeah. big characters, um, would bring a lot to the table. Both would have a lot of stories, um, Steve, about animals and the environment and all those sorts of things, and, and Warne probably about everything. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm a big cricket fan. I love sitting down and, and watching. You know, I can sit through a test match and watch every ball and those sorts of things. So, I'm um, a bit of a trick. Uh, cricket tragic so um warning would be a good one for me as well um know, out of him and steve Irwin, i'll I'll, I'll put an extra chair at the table and have both and and a big one for me that i'd love to sit down and have dinner with and and i'm not sure if i'd be able to give the other guys um as much attention as they deserve but i'd love to have my grandfather at the table um he he passed away at 60 uh, sorry when i was five so um you know, I was a kindergarten and he, he was a very good um cyclist. So he won the uh, Melbourne to Warnable. He was second in the you know, the Tour of Victoria. Um the, the what do they call it, the, the Sun tour. Um, you know, his brother came first, so they'll first second, those sorts of things. So I'd love to sit down and just you know, talk about his um experiences and, and what he um you know, what 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 was involved to to be on the farm and then to be at that level as a, an athlete and a cyclist and then, you know, to, to talk about my journey as well and, you know, piece a few things together. But, yeah, it, it would have been nice for him to, to be around and I often think about that to, to see because obviously he's got that, that real sporting gene and, um, you know, the experience and, you know, and success under his belt as well. But, um, yeah, I think he, he would be someone special that would really sit well at that table.
0: Yeah, oh, what a very lovely nice. list. Very nice, very nice indeed. Uh, who wins? Uh, who who plays in the grand final, Brownie? Ah.
2: Uh, I think the Cats do. I, I think they get an opportunity, and and um, I think they've set themselves up really well the way they've managed the group. They've all had a, a decent spell. Um, I just wonder if, and, and hindsight's a, a wonderful thing, isn't it? That. I just wonder with Jeremy Cameron injured and I actually did go back um, during the week or it might have been over the weekend to to say to see if he actually did have a rest during the year and he didn't. And I wonder if they look back and say, well, he's actually one with a bit of history that we should have managed at some point and yeah. would that have made a difference? But if he doesn't play, it makes it a little bit harder. I think they're well oiled. I think they're playing some really good footy. I think they play off in a grand final. Yeah, I I think Melbourne gets back there. I think they're just building nicely. And if the Cats could take care of Lever and May, uh, I think they set up a lot. I think they'll break even around the midfield. But I think Lever and May are the key. And um, if you can dismantle how they set up in the back line. And and I just remember playing against the Cats early days uh, when I was at Collingwood. um, It's not really early days, but later in my career, early days at Collingwood where, you know, Tom Harley was the real organiser. And I know there are some bigger um, superstar players, but Tom Harley was the organiser. And for us, it was Nick Maxwell. And if you can dismantle the guys that organise it, um, it goes a long way to yeah. upsetting the whole system. And I, I think Lever and May are those two for Melbourne. So if Geelong can do that, I reckon they win it. Okay. But um, yeah. It, it, In saying that, we've had a bloody good season. We've had some really good games, particularly of late. The AFL couldn't have panned out the season any better. The last few rounds, the last day, the last, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) yeah, even, you know, barricade a little bit for for Sydney. Could they jump up into second position if they score some more goals? And, you know, so the scoring and the combative part of it and, and those sorts of things have come back and, yeah, I, I think we've had a good season. I think we're in for a pretty good final series and, yeah, I, I think it's just too hard with the teams playing really well in that top four. I think it's too hard for one of those bottom-rung um, teams of the eight to, to bounce all the way up.
1: Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> hey, just to finish off, Lee, we normally ask our guests if they have a kitchen tip or a cooking tip to share.
2: Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> um I think – that no, I don't actually because I think most of the things that I do are, are pretty simple. Um, I don't try and – and maybe that is the tip. Don't try and over um, and
1: complicate it. your
2: skills. Yeah, don't complicate it. And I think that's held me in, in pretty good stead. Um, and I think having a clean kitchen to start with is always a good way to start rather than uh, starting in absolute chaos because uh, if you start in that, you normally end up in chaos. So, uh a clean kitchen to start with, good sharp knives. That's a real key, and um, and keeping it nice and simple.
1: That's an excellent tip.
0: Now, yeah. I do believe it's morning tea time, so I think you've got <laughs> jelly slice to get on the table. you got work to do. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Lee. Always a pleasure, mate, and uh, terrific having you on the program. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. There you go, Lee Brown. I have to say, he's a, he's a guest, uh, not a guest. He's a regular on my uh, on my radio program uh, at Bay FM in Geelong every Saturday, yes. talking footy.
1: Did that leave your mouth watering? That little discussion, especially at the uh, the retirement village where he's in charge of the morning and afternoon teas, and I think he said they're getting bigger and bigger. I can see why, because it is something to rival your uh, your Windsor high tea, isn't it?
0: Jelly slice. Is sounding very appealing to me right about now. Well, the
1: jelly slice, the mini quiches, the sangers, the fruit platters. Pretty happy anything about anything else of that? there. All you need is a that. glass of bubbly and you would be set. I'm only
0: about two and a half days away from a retirement village. So. Oh,
1: well, then, how far away does that make me?
0: Brownie, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> book, me in a, book me in a place. Now, speaking of sweet things and oh, appealing, yeah. tempting little treats, you remember the cool mints. How could you forget them? How could you go on a car trip without one?
0: Well, yeah. I, I, look, I must admit, I've got to be honest here and say, not the hugest fan in the world of these. Oh. They weren't quite they, – they just had that slight little bit of kind of chemical, chemical taste tastes. about them for I me. I have
1: to say, though, getting them in the tin, though, added to the experience. You don't get them in the tins anymore. It's not the same getting them out of the pla- – the I
0: packet. reckon, had they not been in tins, they would have been buried, dead and buried long ago, oh, the Cool Mints. Oh, there
1: mince. you go. Well, we had a massive response in All any right, case. let's get into it. We'll start with Warren. Hello, Warren. He says, don't forget the Cool Chips. Shocks, they were pretty good. They would be his number one. But as they are not an option, I will go with the Cool mints.
0: Oh, I do remember the cool chocks. Warren, stay in your lane. Uh, Sue says cool fruits for me.
1: Sue Landry, cool fruits. I was only thinking about these the other day and uh, the cool little tins they came in.
0: Andy says cool mints. Are they still around? Mm. I've been very sad actually to find out that they've now discontinued peppermint lifesavers.
1: Oh, that's going off course too. We're,
0: do- <laughs> we're doing ballet things here as part of the food folder. The now. cool mints don't have the Brrr. hole in the <laughs> middle. <laughs>
1: Glenn, uh, Glenn Rodder says, cool mints for me, Paddo. Linda says, both. Wendy says, definitely cool mints. The originals are always the best.
0: Tester and Molly says, cool fruits. Where can I buy these? Mm. Oh, and we have Short an answer supplies. for
1: you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie says, uh, Tess, Woolworths, uh, but they're not as good as they used to be. As
0: you will find yeah. out later. Charlie says, cool mints, please. Michelle Smith,
1: both. And now I have memories flooding back of my great nana, Hancock.
0: Yeah, it's nice when that happens, yeah. when you get those sort of things. Karen says both, hilarious fun when Dad used to be the cool mint chook on a Saturday night when we watched the footy replays. <laughs>
1: oh, gee, I like that. Uh, and then the Tatts Lotto draw came on That'd and be it. so on and so forth. Katie says, oh... I want them. Uh, Pete says, make mine mints. Joe says, cool fruits, but not the green ones okay. for his wife. <laughs> uh, Lydia says,
0: none lost a crown munching on a cool mint.
1: Nikki Elliott says, cool mints and minties make me want a gag. Horrible memories of long road trips from the central west to the big smoke, four little kids in the back seat of the VW Beetle, a jerry can of fuel in the doggy box behind us reeking with fumes, mum drowned in white linen perfume. And sucking on cool mints and minties, all those smells for hours. Actually, gee, that paints quite the it picture, does, doesn't, doesn't it? it?
0: And uh, Terry actually comments <laughs> on that and says, It's funny how the smells we remember as kids <laughs> seem to linger in your memory more than the fresh smells from yesterday. He's right. And Terry also says, It's cool fruits for me, thank you.
1: Trixie Bell says, Cool fruits, absolutely. However, my first memory of cool mints was in 1974. Dad had to get some to bribe me to go to hospital to meet my new sister. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> Sam Newman says, If you've Fillings can handle them. Cool means it always, the original always is the best. Mm.
1: Gail says, chocolate please, no lollies.
0: Uh, Joan Barnes <laughs> says, look, I'm not a lolly person, so neither.
1: Got a few out of left field today. Mm. Anne Peacock, agree, cool fruits, um, but I haven't seen those, uh, those tubbies for decades.
0: Old Croaky says, how can you forget the sound of a couple of remaining cool mints in the cardboard tin? He's right. It's the original cool mints for me. I wouldn't lose sleep if cool fruits went the way Ah. of cool chocks. I do, however, lose sleep over the loss of that cardboard I tin.
1: agree, old croaky, and I think you should go straight into Wayne.
0: Okay, I grew up loving both of these. <laughs> so in the name of science, of course, I decided to go and reconnect with these balls of awesomeness. <laughs> well, nothing on earth could, could prepare me for the trauma that awaited. Oh, no. I'll start with cool fruits, Wayne writes. <laughs> I would love to compare today's product to what I remember, But I can't. These multicoloured balls of loveliness are harder to find than Harold Holt. (laughs) And like the emergency service in 1967, (laughs) they didn't. Sorry. They they eventually (laughs) gave up and moved on. Let's move on to Cool Mints next. (laughs) I think the last person who was as disappointed as I was here was my last girlfriend when she found out the reason I was called the love machine is because I'm (laughs) useless at tennis. (laughs) Just think about that for a second. (laughs) Why the hell do they now come in a bag... Like an ordinary yeah. lolly. That may be fine for, you know, your common run-of-the-mill stuff like snakes and jelly yes. beans, but the king of confectionery mm. should only come in the ten we all remember yes. lovingly. I think you're right. Yes. And what's with the size now? They're bloody yes. tiny. I seriously thought I may have grabbed a new product called Cool Mint Minis <laughs> by mistake. It's just not the same.
1: <laughs> Tic Tacs. <laughs> I'm
0: Not much bigger. I suppose I'll go with cool mints since my attempts to obtain cool fruits were about as successful as the Australian government's attempts <laughs> to get Robert Trimboli home in the 80s. But I'm left feeling a little hollow after all this, to be honest. I think I need a scorched peanut butter and a vine crumble oh, to make me feel better. I
1: love it, Wayno. And I agree about the tins. The tins are part of the experience.
0: Why wouldn't you put them in tins? <sighs> It's all too hard now, isn't it? But why does everything have to shrink? Hang on, aren't we supposed to be not using plastic? Mm. Why wouldn't we have a little tin rather than a plastic bag?
1: It beggars belief, and I don't know how to explain it.
0: Um, the poll is so complex and convoluted. <laughs> and so long. <laughs> it's, it's so long and so many responses. I did what uh, what Wayne alluded to the uh, the people looking for Harold Holt and Robert Trimboli did. I gave up in the end. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a it definitive. It's a bit like the current federal budget. I don't actually have well, any figures. Well, it was spread together. out
1: across three, wasn't yeah, it? Because I'm, a couple of people added the cool chocks.
0: I'm blaming previous governments for the <laughs> reason, the problems that all these. We'll try
1: to make it a little less distressing and confusing this well, week. Well,
0: see, the thing is, there's no point because in many ways uh, you can't you can't buy cool fruits, mm. so you can only have cool mints, so they win the poll.
1: That said, uh, I think that's
0: the first time I've little, snorted mid mid poll. Little teeny weeny tiny little white <laughs> little little cool fruits. I'm yeah, they're not meant a, to be smarties. I'm going to go and have a look at them in the supermarket now because that's uh, that's intrigued me. Yeah, good, I, I bet you don't buy them, though. Good bit of uh, research. See, Wayne, just, Wayne
1: just went out and
0: bought them for research purposes. Send the receipts through, Wayne, and we'll reimburse <laughs> you. As if. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening to our program. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Lee Brown for being on the show, and we've got plenty more coming up. Uh, of course, don't forget the radio version of uh, Food Bites is on the Ace Radio Network Sunday mornings, regional Victoria and New South Wales. Bing bing bing.
1: And Kevin, can I just say what a delight it's been to sit opposite you yet again this week. I hope to do it again next week. Stop looking around you.
0: <laughs> I think I think I think I think I'm speaking to you. I think poor old Sarah's taken the cool aid, not the cool mint.
1: Bit less of the um, old.
0: <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's
2: Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.